Welcome to BC's Corner, episode 12. I believe in the power of theater, not just as entertainment, but as a prime medium in progressing social discourse and personal development. No show has impacted me more than Into the Woods. Making its Broadway debut in 1987, this Broadway production with music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim and book by James Lapine intertwines the familiar stories of the Brothers Grimm fairy tales, including Little Red Riding Hood, Rapunzel, Jack and the Beanstalk, and Cinderella, as they all pursue their deepest desires and live with the consequences. The original production won three Tony Awards, including Best Score and Best Book, and has been produced throughout the world and was even adapted into a movie by Disney in 2014. Its recent Broadway revival in 2022 led to the show's extension by popular demand, even moving theaters, and now a national tour direct from Broadway is making its stop right here in Chicago. I had the privilege to spend time with Tony-nominated actress Montego Glover, who is gracing the stage as the witch. Montego made her Broadway debut in the original Broadway production of The Color Purple in the roles of Celie and Nettie. She originated the role of Felicia Farrell in the Broadway hit musical Memphis and received a Tony Award nomination for Lead Actress in a Musical, as well as a Drama League nomination and won both the Outer Critics Circle Award and the Drama Desk Award for her performance, tying in the latter with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Montego's body of work includes numerous credits from stage to screen, as well as a full library of voiceover work. In this conversation, Montego reflects on her artistic journey. We discuss the show's development and her relationship to it, as well as our mutual love for Stephen Sondheim. I want to take a minute, actually, off the copy and just say how impactful this discussion was for me as a lover of theater, as a lover of Sondheim, and how his work dives into the human condition and expresses our innermost desires and flaws in a way that is so relatable. One thing that Montego said that really impacted me was, and this was said offline, not in our conversation, uh, we had several moments that felt like we should have been recording, but we weren't recording. Uh, And she said that every night when she goes on in this role or any role, she first remembers that this is the first time that someone is seeing live theater. And then the second thing she said pertaining to this role is that every time she goes out on stage as the witch, she remembers that this is the first time that someone is seeing the work of Stephen Sondheim. Without further ado, let's go into the woods with Montego Glover. It is such an honor to have you on BC's Corner, as I just told you a moment ago. And you are the epitome of a working actress. You are a multi-hyphenate working actress, not just a Tony-nominated, Drama Desk Award-winning Broadway actress, but commercially you have been featured. And I'm only going to name a few because the list is way too long, but Samsung, McDonald's, Verizon, Stella Artois, just to name a few. And then looking to television, you've been on Inventing Anna, CBS's The Good Wife, NBC's Smash, and Blacklist. And and recently you were were featured on the Kid Cudi and Kenya Barris film on Netflix intergalactic and then like concert work you've done carnegie hall you've done the kennedy center you've done the lincoln center you've sang in front of dignitaries and presidents and now i'm just going to take a deep breath 
<laughs> when you were getting your BFA at Florida State, is this what you thought it would be? No. Yes and no. But truly, if someone had said everything that Brian just said is going to happen, I would have said impossible. That's crazy. How could that be? Do you know? I just want to be an actress, a storyteller in the theater. You know, I, I want to work on stage and opportunities presented themselves with a level of honest, hard work and preparation. And I found myself standing in spaces and going, I can do this. Mm. I've been asked and invited and I can do this. I will do this. And Thank per you. Into the Woods, opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. True. I listened to a podcast uh, you wrote with Broadway World back in the middle of the pandemic in 2020, and you were reflecting on just the transition from you had a show at the time that had been extended. The extension got cut early due to the shutdowns. And then you were doing more voiceover work and really having a new kind of lifestyle of being at home more often. But now you're back on the road. How has that transition been for you? It's actually been really great. I will say gracious and even and measured in a good way and has allowed me to really take steps carefully and take the best care of myself and the people around me, my team, family, chosen family, friends has allowed me to take care of everything I value around me, including the art, including the work. And you've gotten to do so much tremendous work. I mean, you go to your website and you just start to read the the dozens and dozens of credits that you've had when it comes to the work that you feel that you are starting to embody, the song that you're singing that comes from anything that you do, what would you describe it as at this point in time? Wow. I would describe it as gratefulness. I would Mm. describe it as vision, belief, hard work, planning, celebration, ebb and flow. You embrace joy. I got a sense of that. You embrace the (laughs) The joy, there is the planning, there is the preparation. As you know, you are a Tony-nominated actress, but there's just the joy of being in the moment, having done the work. And I got a real sense of that there. And I'm so glad you're here. I'm not going to cry, but you're in my favorite show, my absolute favorite show. I told the team when we were preparing for this, I was like, y'all, this is my favorite show. So if we don't get any other conversation, any other interview, I was like, I need one for this one because this show really found me. Uh, in 20, when the movie happened, that's when I first, because I wasn't really exposed to like going to theater growing up. That would surprise a lot of people, uh, especially Broadway caliber theater. I didn't get into that until my early twenties, but I was like cleaning. And then on the TV, I saw Anna Kendrick in a gold dress running downstairs. And it was like a very vague type of ambiguous commercial for this new movie into the woods. And I just knew, you know, my inner gay was just like, there's something in here that that's for me. And so I look up the show. The movie didn't release for probably two weeks, but they released the music. So you have Meryl Streep, James Corden, and the the soundtrack to the musical, which is a, a to the movie version of the musical, which is a bit abridged, abbreviated. But I fell in love with it, and I couldn't stop playing it, and it was nonstop. And then I see the movie, and then I go to college. Uh, I studied political science, but ended up adding on theater to it. And I take a musical theater history course, and they let me know that, oh, we're watching Into the Woods. And it was an interim course, so it was about a four-day like 
four hour long course. And we, for those four hours, we watched the original 1987 Into the Woods and it was amazing. I own it to this day. And everyone in the class, like people complained about it. People had things to say about it, but I'm just sitting there like this, just like, can we go back to that one musical number? Like it was everything to me. And then when I got the opportunity to watch a, a regional community theater in Oshkosh, Wisconsin do it, I went about three times because that's how much the musical itself had had gripped me. And so that's my story of how I came into contact with the show and how much it's meant to me. When did you come into contact with Into the Woods? And did you ever think that you would be doing it at this level? Working backwards, I did not think I would be working on this at any point in my professional life. I just didn't see it coming. And that's, I mean that in the best way. It was the most, it has been and continues to be the most wonderful, magical experience and surprise. My first contact with Into the Woods specifically was in undergrad. Mm. As all colleges and universities do, a production of Into the Woods. You must. Um, <laughs> one must. Uh, would you like to know who I was cast as, Brian? Do you want me to guess? Yes. Take one guess. May I ask? I want to say Rapunzel, but yeah, Rapunzel. That's your guess? Yes. Little Red. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. I was not guessing that. Okay. <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood. It was terrific. It was at one exciting, at one place. Uh, a wonderful extended learning experience because I was a student and had been cast as a lower classman in this production. Right. And it was a shift of sorts. I mean, studying Sondheim in our curriculum for school was a shift because his work and the way he was working and his subject matter was very different from anything going on around him at the time. And so I felt that turn as a student sitting in class, but then to put it in three dimensions on its feet and have an opportunity as a young actor to put my hands in the meatloaf, as it were, was another level in the best possible way. And so I found that the excitement, the scholarship and the experience as a young actor of doing a piece of Sondheim, particularly Into the Woods, was a bit of a turning point. And because I had I was now going to have the experience of working on the score in some way. I had a sort of Sondheim handbook. Like, I, you know, when you yeah. hear it, I know when I hear Sondheim, I knew when I say scholarship, like his theory, the musical demands that he makes on the ear for audiences and for orchestra and for actors is top notch. Top yeah. It's special. So that was my first experience. Now, if you had said to me then, please enjoy Little Red. It's so fun. Many years from now, you will play the witch. I would have said, again, preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> and you've joined, like, so Bernadette Peters originally played the witch, and I love her. I love her Sondheim, Sondheim, et cetera. Like, it, it plays in my house often. But then over the years, you know, I won't say it's become a Black role, but it's become one of those roles that Black women do exceptionally well. You know, mm -hmm. Vanessa Williams, Felicia Rashad, Patina Miller, Joaquina Kalukongo, and you, Montego Glover. And <laughs> what would you say connects you most to the character, to the witch? Oh, she is a full plate of food. She is a mm -hmm. meal. She is full of emotional depth and strength. She is like a pendulum that swings. And I mean that in an exciting, you know, slightly scary way. She has a sense of humor. She is a mother. She is a woman. She is an entity. She possesses magic. She can work magic. 
make magic, inflict or bless someone with it. There is a power about her and also an extreme, and this is what I mean by the pendulum swinging, an extreme vulnerability. And I love the idea of nightly getting to live in both of those spaces. She is magnetic to me, like like an organism that's always somehow moving, almost imperceptibly, imperceptibly or not. She can be bounding onto space or just like standing still and still moving. I love that. I always found that role very remarkable, specifically, you know, in the show, because a lot of you listening, you'll be seeing the show for the first time this year if you have not seen it already. But the kind of moment when she loses, I'm going to spoil it. This is a spoiler alert. There's almost a moment (laughs) where she she loses the will to live in a way where she's done uh, in Last Midnight. And I've always read it that way. It was so beautiful to me because throughout the show, there's this theme of, are you willing to pay for it? Like, I wish, I want, I desire, but am I willing to see it through and to live with the consequences of my desire along the way? And everyone pays for it in their own way. And I and I look at the witch and I go, if she would have known how things have ended for her, would she have wanted it or cared in the first place? And that to me has always been a line of thought that I, I've played with. And when it comes to the work of Sondheim, just lyrically, I mean... Going back to just fact, the fact that when this came out in 1987, the New York Times ripped it to shreds. Like his work, <laughs> if you want to actually hear like someone who got really negative feedback and kept going, Stephen Sondheim is the guy. Uh, I was reading a piece of it earlier today and I was just like, I don't even want to quote this because it's just mean. But we've seen this work become one of the most played, most listened to, most familiar for some people. When it comes to the work of Stephen Sondheim at all. I'm curious, do you have a favorite song? Do you have a favorite show? And if it's not Into the Woods, I know we're promoting Into the Woods today, but it's okay <laughs> if it's not Into the Woods. I have to tell you, it's Into the Woods. And Children Will Listen is such a profound and eloquent statement of truth, universal truth and such an underlining of our immense connectivity as humans having this experience. Every night I feel such a sense of roundness and warmth around it Mm. because we've taken this journey together, but also because what is being said in that moment is so true and applies to every person in the room. You are someone's Mm. child, no matter what you've done in your adult life or along the way, you are someone's child. You have been spoken to and you have heard things. Mm. We can leave it there and know that there's more to tell. And as far as like favorite, like peace, I think there's something just sort of magical and otherworldly about the wood, what it represents and then what it is literally in the play. I think there's something wonderful about trees, just trees flying in and us making that space to journey. And then after the play is over and you're, you know, walking down the street thinking, oh my gosh, the wood is this and this and this and this. It's just like Steve just keeps opening doors for you. Yeah. I love um in the opening people because they ripped in the original review for the show, they ripped how long the opening number is because it's like 15 minutes long. But in that uh opening with Jack, 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 head in a sack, and she goes, uh, to wish and wait from day to day will never keep the wolves away. 
it's those little parts of the song. I was on a ride um, driving to a wedding when my friends got married back in October and this cast recording had come out and it's all I could play while driving from <laughs> Chicago up to Northern Wisconsin. And I was driving, like going back just to that part because yes. it just, it strikes me every time I hear it. And even, you know, numbers like Ever After. I remember seeing this in the movies and whenever I see it and there are new people, they often think that after, you know, the first act, oh, that was short. And it yes, always, I'm like, you really paid just for that? And they're just like, oh, wow, that was really good. We're going home now. But then the show comes back and you get to see not just the happy ever after, but you have to live with the choice. And I wonder even for you in your career, how have you faced having to live with the choice? Having a career as an actress isn't like, easy thing to do. You train at a very high level. You're consistent. That's that's the one thing people look for in Broadway. You know, you're not doing a TikTok. You know, you're getting up eight shows a week, night after night after night, doing an afternoon, doing a night, and you're giving a consistent performance, a consistent telling of a story. How have you faced your own reality? First of all, with open arms and heart large as the world itself, because I am living my dream. It is the thing I wished for. I wanted to be an actress and that's what I do for a living. That is the thing. So that fact in and of itself is extraordinarily precious to me and very important because I was well into post undergrad before I realized that there are people around us and among us who are doing jobs that they are perfectly good at, excellent at, adequate at any one of those three, but it's not their dream. It's not their passion. Yeah. That was a huge shift for me when I realized that there are some people who get to do it, who are doing what they love to do and some people who are not and what that means. So the consequence of my choice is I get one to live my dream Two, I get to do or have to do or have signed on to do happily the hard work that comes with having the dream. Because the lesson, of course, in life is that you get the wish and we learn this in the woods, you get the wish, but there's the other work. There's the other piece that says you now meet the wish halfway and together you keep it in your line of vision. But without one or the other, it falls away. It falls away. It doesn't just sit and stay. It must be gardened. You know, it must be tended. And so day to day, in and out. It is my joy and my privilege, even when the days are hard and there are some, to continue because the gold is in my hands. Mm, I love that. I could really sit here with you all day. (laughs) I have written uh, a bunch of fun questions regarding Into the Woods. This is another spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the show and you really have never seen the movie and you don't know what I'm talking about, then come back to this portion of the podcast afterwards. These are going to be some fun, slightly wonky questions that I've pondered about the show. We've we've talked about kind of the, the bigger, more uh, ethereal sense of things. But, you know, I want to ask you, Montego, did Milky White get the short end of the stick? Never. Let me really? say this. Mickey White, Milky White always wins. Even when you think she's not winning, she's totally winning. Always. How so? (laughs) One, she dies, but she gets to come back to life. Number one. How cool is that? Okay. 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 She has a jack (laughs) who 
elevates her. Most he people say, her. oh, that's a ragged cow. He's like, no, she's my best friend. She's the best cow. He <laughs> takes the best care of her. She is winning. She has the ability to be part of a reversal of a curse. Like, how special is that? She gets to become wealthy in the show. Do you know? They have no money. And then he goes up the stock and comes down. And in our production, she gets a wonderful bow tie. It looks amazing on her. Well, she also potentially dies because of the giant. I just thought about that for the first time. <laughs> I just thought about that for the first time. Whoa, that's a big one. Okay, but I'll let you win that one. I'll let you win that one. Okay, so the two princes, this is more of a reflection. They're yeah. really just all of us. Horn, horny and easily distracted. Like, that's just kind of like the vibe, you know? And then... With the baker and his wife, I was going to ask you if they had, like, an open marriage agreement because he didn't really seem upset about it. But, like, did she really die? Because you know the rule. We didn't see a body. Wow. Wow. Yes. May I, though? I'm going to go for it because this is very important. And these are things that have to be, you have to dial this in. It's important. In our production, you don't see a body, but you do see, spoiler, a splash of red across our back wall, just red light. I've never seen she that. She dies. It's a splash. And people that know, people that don't know, but see that, you know how sometimes you don't know what's going to happen because it's oh, your wow. first time saying it, but you don't know what's going to happen, but you just saw a thing and heard a thing. And then you see that red splash. And then this is what I love about Steve and James's writing for anybody else who missed it. Cause this is very important that you recognize she dies the baker says to the witch where is my wife and the witch very plainly says she's dead ah she is one two three so important beautifully constructed excellent excellent sad yeah excellent clear excellent concise storytelling effective i can't wait to see this Uh, Just so you guys know, we're recording this a week before the show opens. It opens uh, Tuesday. This is a Thursday, just for your context. (laughs) And I'm in love with this conversation. And then I I know you grew up singing in church, in the choir, and you know how we is about witchcraft. But in preparation to be the witch, did you dabble at all into the occult? I did not. Hmm. I did not. What I did do was start with the text and look for... The, the skeleton of this like human experience, I knew that I had to start there. There's no way to make her magical or in the world of a fairy tale or even dabbled in the occult until I can build her in clay and mud. Three mm-hmm. dimensions, human, 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 human. And then we find the places on and around her where we can open up and pour in those bits of spirit thread, occult thread, supernatural thread. But I have to, and I've always been this way as an actress, I must start with the text. And the text includes the book and the lyrics. And in this case, endless, <laughs> endless material to work with. Steve and James have given us everything. And as we, we close this conversation, I do want to plug that Into the Woods is here in Chicago for those who listen here in Chicago, April 25th through May 7th. And Montego, what are your final words for us as we go into the woods? You are welcome in the wood. We are 
over the moon, delighted to have you with us. I personally am so thrilled to be returning to Chicago. It's a great city. It's a great consciousness. And I think we will enjoy being in the space together. Look forward, very much forward to seeing everyone and welcoming you to our wood. Into the Woods is coming to a city near you. To connect with the show, I have left the show's website in the show notes. And to connect with the work of Montego Glover, her website and socials are linked there as well. Everyone, I want you to go see this show. I want you to watch the movie. I want you to listen to the cast recording and be impacted by the work of Stephen Sondheim. I'll see you soon. Whoa, whoa, whoa.